Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here on this Tuesday, Tuesday of the 33rd week in Ordinary Time. (laughs) We're running out of Ordinary Time. We're going to be heading towards Advent here soon. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and very glad to have you along for this hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And if you didn't tune in yesterday, I want to one more time just say thank you for your generosity last week. Last week we had our fall pledge drive here for Relevant Radio and met our need, our goal of $3 million, surpassed that by a bit, uh, coming in a little over $3.3 million. So thank you for your generosity. If you didn't hear that we had our pledge drive going on, well, it's never too late to make that donation, especially if you're thinking about making a a year-end gift and any amount that you donate is completely tax-deductible. So you can do that in a variety of ways. You can pledge through our website, relevantradio.com, through the Relevant Radio app, or you can call 877-291-0123. Now, when you find yourself in a situation where you're going to have to dress up a little nicer— You have some special place that you're going or some special event that you have to attend. Do you have a couple of go-to outfits, something more formal, you know it looks good? Or whenever you have to get dressed up, is it a struggle for you to find something that you think looks appropriate and attractive, you know, you feel comfortable in it? Well, if you're a regular listener here to The Inner Life, you've probably heard me talk about how my wife and I, we have nine children. We have six girls. We have three boys. And when it comes to dressing up for some nice occasion, whatever it might be, the boys have always been pretty easy. The girls, though, after they hit a certain age, I don't know where, maybe around 14, 15, seems like that might be it, they always think they never have anything nice to wear out any place, or at least they aren't happy with how they look in those nicer clothes that they own. And for the record, they look fine. They look they look very nice, but maybe they just doubt how nice they do look or or perhaps they just think they could look better. But thankfully, having had a few daughters go through that and uh, you know, beyond high school, beyond college, uh, I'm glad to say once they get at least into their late teens or, you know, 18, 19, 20-ish, they seem to kind of get out of that notion that they don't ever think they look good regardless of what they have to wear. But I don't think you ever get out of the age, you don't ever age out of checking in with somebody, you know, I think most commonly with your spouse on how you look before you leave the house, at least when you're dressing up a little bit. I know my wife, she'll regularly ask me, how does she look? You know, does this shirt match this sweater? Or 
what do you think about these shoes? Does it go with this outfit? Or does my hair, the way I've got it, you know, pulled back or the way I've got it set, does it look okay? And it's not just my wife because I'm guilty of it too. Maybe not as much, but I'll ask her opinion on certain things. Well, I'm wearing these gray pants. Do the black shoes or do the brown shoes, do they look better? Or the tie, does this match what I've got going on here? We all seek out opinions on little things like this all the time. And it's not just clothing. If you're making a new recipe, something's cooking or simmering on the stove, you might give a a little small taste, see if it's kind of in the range of what you were looking for with the flavor. But if you have somebody else in the kitchen with you and you think you're pretty good on the flavor, what do you do? I know in our house, whoever's cooking, they'll get another spoon or another fork or whatever the utensil and offer a small taste to the other person that's there with them asking for their feedback. Does it need more salt or some other seasoning? Like I said, we look for feedback regularly for all kinds of little things in life. We want the opinion or the advice of someone that we trust. But I think there is one area where we are a bit reluctant to want to seek out that kind of advice. That's when it comes to matters of our spiritual life, our spiritual journey. There can be different reasons for that reluctance, but regardless of the reasons, it still means that we try and walk that road alone. After all, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. If you just step back and look at that, think about it, consider it, it doesn't make much sense. If you want the opinion of your spouse on your clothes or, you know, if you're curious about somebody's in, input on the flavor of something you're cooking, why wouldn't you seek that same sort of input, that guidance for major decisions to ensure that you're following God's will in your life? This show, The Inner Life, it's a show about spiritual direction, and today we'd like to spend the hour reviewing the basics about spiritual direction, about seeking out that help, that advice, that input from someone who can hopefully assist you in understanding where God is leading in your life. And at the end of the hour, hopefully we'll have a better understanding of why we should seek a spiritual director uh, when it's important to speak with a spiritual director and how to find a spiritual director. That's one of the biggest questions we get here during this hour. And most of all, I hope that, you know, in us having a better understanding of what spiritual direction is, it's going to help us as we strive to know and to love and to serve God to the very best of our ability. And I'm very glad to welcome back to the program for this hour, Father Timothy Gallagher. He is a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He currently holds the St. Ignatius Chair for Spiritual Formation at St. John Vianney Theological Seminary in Denver, and he is the author of numerous books on discernment and prayer, including his book, The Discernment of Spirits, An Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living. Father Gallagher, it's nice to be able to talk with you again. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Yeah, thanks so much, Josh. I'm happy to be here again. Well, so I uh, I always like whenever we're talking about a topic to define our terms as we start a conversation. So uh, let's talk about just the very, very basics. Can you walk us through what we really are, are saying when we talk about spiritual direction? We can get into some of the, the more practical application later how how you know what the some of the things we bring into spiritual direction but just on the surface what is spiritual direction 
Well, let's look at the two words, the noun direction preceded by the adjective spiritual. So spiritual tells you that this is going to be a contact with a person in which the spiritual life, the life of faith, the life of our relationship with God is going to be the focus. And, you know, the tradition has uh, at times used different words for direction, but we always come back to that because it's about the clearest term that we have. So I'd say there are three things that a spiritual director will do for a person who comes for spiritual direction. Sometimes it will be directive. So uh, the person may need uh, to make a choice or it's time to do this or do that. And the director may suggest that you really ought to take this step at this point because it will be helpful for you spiritually. Sometimes it will be instructive. Let's say a person comes to direction and would very much benefit from further formation in, let's say, how to pray with Scripture or other aspects of the spiritual life. But primarily, spiritual direction is a conversation with a spiritual director who helps the person enter more deeply into his or her experience of God and that person's relationship with God. So the primary focus of spiritual direction will be prayer. Uh, there really is no spiritual direction without prayer in a person's life. And then as we pray, we'll have various questions, we'll run into various things, we'll not be sure about this or that. And these are the things that we bring to spiritual direction. And the director will help the person understand more clearly where God is leading uh, as the person prays and relates to God. So that's kind of a snapshot of spiritual direction. Well, so... Maybe we can talk about these three different areas and uh, the the directive, the instructive, and then that conversation, that prayer that you're talking about there. On the directive side, um, it, you know that those those are going to be things I would think would be, while it can be fine tuned to the individual, it can be a little personalized. It would seem that if there's direction that's being given in that sense of here are things you should do or need to do, those might be fairly universal for most people. I, am I correct in thinking that? Well, certainly in the sense that if there are issues that touch on um, moral goodness or you know moral badness and so forth, those kinds of things are yeah, universal. That's exactly what I'm Probably thinking. The, yeah, but there's another side to it as well. Now, I want to say this, that the directive and the instructive elements in direction are probably will be there a bit more at the beginning of the direction. But as the relationship of direction uh, proceeds, they will tend to take a backseat to what I'll call the contemplative dimension, where together director and directee contemplate, the director helps the directee contemplate more deeply what God is doing in that person's prayer and relationship with God and where that person is leading. But just to give you an example, so the strictly directive part of spiritual direction is probably not going to be that common. And that's an important point, that one doesn't go to spiritual direction, direction so that somebody else can make his or her decisions you know, for him or her. We go to direction, above all, for accompaniment in our relationship with God. But I'll just give an example. I had been provincial in my religious community for six years, and I was pretty worn out. And uh, then I was elected for a second term, so there were a good many years ahead of me. And at that time, I made a retreat with a very fine Jesuit priest who was really one of the masters of Ignatian discernment, Father Jules Toner. 
And it became apparent in the course of this retreat that I was far too tired and that I was going to run into trouble if I didn't take some kind of a, at least a short break before undertaking my second term. And I was hesitant and not sure. And finally, at the end of the retreat, he told me rather bluntly, do it. And I did it. And it made a big difference. You know, I took a wound up taking about six weeks in a parish and just basically resting. So occasionally the director will be directive in that sense, but that will never be the major thing that a director does. The major thing, as I've said, will be to contemplate, to help the directee contemplate what's going on in that person's relationship with God. So a couple of distinctions maybe then. As you're talking about that contemplation, um, you know, most of the time that I have been in spiritual direction in my past, there's a lot of questions that are asked by the spiritual director. Um, you know, there, there's some insights that might be given, but it's more of a, have you considered this? Or, you know, um, is this maybe where you think God is leading you? And the thought that I have here is, how do you then understand the difference of what you bring to spiritual direction as opposed to, say, counseling. You know, if you want to go speak to somebody and go to therapy, what's the difference between that kind of approach to, you know, the whatever mental health that you're, you're struggling with at that point versus spiritual direction and the contemplation and the questions that might be asked there? Sure, yeah, that's an important question. Well, to give the formal title to what I've called the the contemplative dimension of spiritual direction, the full title would be the contemplative evocative dimension of spiritual direction, so that together, director and directee are contemplating where God is and how God is working in this person's relationship with God. But the evocative side, that gets to the questions that you mentioned, Josh, so the director will normally do that. Um, I'm just going to sort of create uh, an experience here. Let's say that a woman shares in spiritual direction that she was praying with Mark 5, the woman with the hemorrhage. And as she was praying with this, uh, she found herself very engaged with this and resonating with this woman uh, wanting to be anonymous, desperately seeking healing, but wanting to remain anonymous. And then the moment when Jesus says, who touched me, and with fear and trembling, she falls at his feet and she tells him everything. And then uh, this woman senses the uh, uneasiness of this woman in doing this. And then she sees Jesus' response, daughter, which tells this woman that you are far more than a healing but anonymous touch in a crowd, but there is a deep and loving relationship that remains between us. So she shares this, and she might be ready to go on talking about other things, but you'd stop her there and you'd say, um, just what was that like for you when you saw Jesus call her daughter? And then she'll pause a bit and think, well, actually it was kind of a warm moment for me because I know that that touched a certain difficulty that I have sometimes in my relationship with the Lord. Uh, could you say more about that? Okay, can you, what were, this is the contemplative evocative approach. And that's why you get those questions from the spiritual director who is helping the person to describe, in this case, her spiritual experience more clearly, more deeply. And as she does it, she begins to understand more deeply the richness that is there. Now, uh, you mentioned the counseling process. 
that there's only one human being, obviously, but there are different dimensions to the human being. Most simply, we'd speak of them as nature and grace. And psychological counseling works on the level of nature. So we explore emotional dynamics and why, let's say, a man responded this way in this situation, and you might look for the roots of that. And together, as they go through the counseling process, he understands more clearly what's going on, which gives him the freedom to respond differently in ways that are more healthy and helpful in various situations. So that's on the natural level. Spiritual direction is, say, on the level of grace, on the level of the strictly spiritual life where God is working in the person and where grace is working and where there's an enemy who's trying to discourage us and so forth. So they are on different dimensions of the, um, of the human person, sure. and each is a blessing on its dimension. Well, and I'm thinking here, you know, that one of the things I remember the first time I went to see a spiritual director, there was just some guidelines that were given, you know, if you're struggling with an addiction, this is not the place for that. Um, But there's obviously going to be certain crossover there, because as you say, we each, you know, we are a whole complete human individual as we're seeking out the guidance in spiritual direction or if we're seeking out, you know, help in counseling. So taking that idea of addiction, if you have something that you're struggling with, there's the natural side there, but it also could be that there's spiritual warfare that's happening that, you know, this is something that the enemy is using to hold you back from being able to grow in relationship with God. So I, I guess, you know, as you say, they both have the gift that they give to the person, but both can be beneficial depending on what you're dealing with, even if it is the same issue or the same struggle or the same questions you might be dealing with. There could be benefit for both kind of in tandem, it would seem to me. Yes, the image that uh, I would use for that is that the eagle flies with two wings. And in the the image, one wing is the help that can be given on the natural psychological level. In some cases, uh, that will be counseling and maybe medication. And simultaneously, if the person is getting the spiritual help, which is our focus here, the spiritual direction and guidance. I've seen this many times over the years. When you see a person simultaneously using, as needed, the, um, the natural help, you know, from what medicine and psychology can offer, and simultaneously uh, receiving spiritual direction. The the ego really does fly. You see really beautiful um, experiences of healing that happens when we're working on both levels to grow. So, yeah, there's only one human person. You know, we even have a theology of the body uh, uh, today. So everything that helps on the physical and uh, psychological level that uh, creates greater health is going to be a blessing for the spiritual life. And if we're doing that and at the same time addressing the spiritual level, then you see beautiful things happen. Father uh, Timothy Gallagher is our spiritual director here today on The Inner Life. He is a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, talking about spiritual direction, kind of going back to the basics of what this hour of The Inner Life, what this program is about, and also inviting you to be a part of the conversation. Our phone number here, 888-914-9149. Again, that's 888-914-9149. Maybe you've spent some time in spiritual direction. How have you seen that 
be helpful, be beneficial in your own life. Maybe it's given you a better understanding of God's leading, how he was guiding you. And we'd love to hear how that accompaniment in spiritual direction has really been that that uh, catalyst for you to take that next step in your spiritual walk. Maybe you've never spoken to a spiritual director. You don't know where to start or you have some questions about the process. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Gallagher, 888-914-9149. Our email address is relevantradio.com, and we'll continue in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive hundreds of your phone calls every day, all thanks to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line. Our sponsor offers flexible life insurance and annuities. Visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester today, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. This is The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Today, speaking with Father Timothy Gallagher, a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, and discussing spiritual direction. That's the overall focus of this hour, this program here, Um, but kind of going back to the basics so we understand better what spiritual direction is, when we need to seek it out, how you can find a spiritual director. We'll be talking about that coming up here in a little bit during this hour. And I want to say thank you to Nick Sentovich and Thomas Engesser as they're helping to produce the program and also invite you to be a part of the program. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Gallagher. Our phone number here, 888-914-9149, So, Father, talked a little bit about some of the directive and instructive aspects, but we really— you know, kind of got into in that last segment how we look at the contemplative side of spiritual direction, which is the main focus then. And one of the things you mentioned is when we are going to spiritual direction, a big focus is going to be, understandably, on prayer. And so maybe we can talk about prayer for a moment, because there's there's going to be hopefully the prayer that happens before we ever go to spiritual direction you know that 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 is part of that that communication that lifeline for us speaking with having that friendship with god so can you talk about how we can maybe in in the best way possible prepare ourselves in our time in prayer as we might be looking to seek out spiritual direction and then maybe we can also talk about, well, what is the prayer that maybe comes out of spiritual direction? Well, as I said earlier, because, as you've just said, you know, the focus of spiritual direction is this individual's relationship with God, and because prayer is the indispensable center of that relationship, it's not the only part of the relationship Obviously, the person's, let's say a person is living the married vocation and working in the world and a member of a church, all of that is part of the person's relationship with God. But the real heart of it, uh, to use St. John Henry Newman's phrase, is when heart speaks to heart. You know, that's his description of prayer. So you would hope to see in a person seeking spiritual direction, uh, regular uh, participation in Mass on Sundays, maybe if it's possible, sometimes during the week. Uh, probably some sort of regularity in the sacrament of confession would also be of a benefit. And then in some way, 
that the person daily is spending some time in some form of meditative prayer. It might be the rosary, it might be Lexio Divina, it might be parts of the Liturgy of the Hours, it might be uh, Ignatian meditation or contemplation. We have a wide different uh, wide varieties, but in what is common to all of these is that the person sets aside some time in a way that is possible in his or her vocation to um, simply be with the Lord and to ponder the truths of our faith and our relationship with God. As I'm saying this, I have in my mind a letter that my founder, the Venerable Bruno Lanteri, who did a lot of direction, writes to a woman who is a mother of four children. And he says to her, uh, try to get to communion as often as you can, knowing that it's not going to be possible uh, every day for her. But when it is possible, try to spend 15 minutes a day, if you can, in some form of meditative prayer. Try to read, this was before digital resources, try to read at least one page from a spiritual book uh, every day if you can. Today that could be five minutes of a podcast or ten minutes of a conference on YouTube or whatever it might be, or this radio. Um, and then if you have no other way to do it, make your examination of conscience while your hands are busy but your mind can be free. Which I think is a lovely illustration of here is a very busy woman raising children but he shapes for her uh, a very sustainable way of praying like this. And once you have, each of us will shape that way of praying according to the circumstances of our lives. The same woman, when her children are grown and uh, are no longer living at home, will be in a different situation as regards uh, prayer. And then on that basis, the person will bring the experience of that prayer to the spiritual direction, and that'll be the central focus of the conversation of direction. So when when we talk about prayer here too, you know, you, you're talking about these different ways, meditative prayer, um, lexio divina, something along those lines that uh, you know, the rosary, whatever it might be. I, I think it's easy when we have those structured prayers that we can participate in. Number one, it's it's good, you know, it it, it helps us develop habits, but it can be easy to turn it into kind of a monologue where it's supposed to be a dialogue. And I like the fact that not only was it, you know, spend this time in prayer, but as your founder is, you know, giving this advice, it's receive the Eucharist as often as you're able to during the week. So that means you're hearing at least something, most likely, from Scripture read during the Liturgy of the Word or the homily, you know, there's there's at least something that's being said to you that way. And if you're spending five, ten minutes a day, whether that is spiritual reading or, like you said, you know, listening to some sort of podcast or, you know, watching a, a video that is giving us opportunity to consider something outside of our own thoughts— then that seems like those are good ways that we're going to hear God speak back to us. You know, it might not be audibly. <laughs> we don't hear the voice of God the same way that, you know, Samuel, when he was a boy, would have heard, you know, uh, uh, the voice of God speaking to him. But we can hear God in these other ways as we make them part of a, a, a healthy daily routine and habit of our spiritual life. Yes, these are just the classic tested and true practices at the heart of the, of the spiritual life. Obviously, above all, the Eucharist, you know, source and summit 
of the Christian life, as Vatican II says. So the closer we can get to the Eucharist in ways that are compatible with the duties of our state of life as God has given them to us, then uh, that's going to strengthen our, our spiritual life. If it's possible even to spend some time praying before the Blessed Sacrament, maybe uh, a man whose work is very, uh, whose week is very busy, spends, makes a holy hour on Saturday morning, you know, in the, in his local parish. There are different ways we can do that. And then, you know, if a person comes to spiritual direction, uh, I think sooner or later, however you do it, whether it's Lexio Divina or Ignatian meditation, contemplation, or whatever way it might be, the person is going to begin to pray with Scripture in some way, because that's so central, too. You know, that's where God speaks His words to us, and then our hearts respond in various ways. And that experience will bring to um, spiritual direction. So I remember a man came to me once um, wanting to explore the idea of spiritual direction. And I asked him about, you know, how he prayed, which is obviously central. And when we'd finished, I just said, would you be willing to set aside 20 minutes a day for some kind of prayer with Scripture? And this was very doable for this man in his circumstances of life. He said yes, and uh, we proceeded with uh, a very fruitful spiritual direction. So somewhere, you know, somewhere that's going to be there. Uh, St. John the 23rd, his way of praying, he said the 15 decades of the rosary every day, and it made him a saint. That was his way of meditating. Uh, John Paul II said that the rosary was his favorite prayer. And of course, the Church warmly encourages us in all vocations, including the lay vocation, to consider praying uh, maybe one or two parts of the Liturgy of the Hours every day. Now, a person who is doing that, when that person comes to spiritual direction, there's going to be substance for their conversation uh, because there there is experience of God in the spiritual or in the daily life of prayer. And then, then direction can proceed and become very helpful because as the person does this, questions are going to arise or what will happen... Uh, can I give an example? I don't want to go. On no, too absolutely, long Father. No, I, I, please give an example. Okay. So uh, the, a pastor of a parish who was a trained spiritual director uh, told me about this. This was a man whose wife had a very serious gambling problem, and they'd done everything they could 12 step and um, facilities and various things. And uh, relapses just continued to happen, and it was really at the point where it was uh, threatening to destroy the family. And he very distraught about this. Uh, his pastor had, um, in one of his homilies, had asked his parishioners to consider spending an hour in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament, and they had perpetual adoration in the parish. So this man had never done it, but Father had said it was a good thing to do, so he did. Uh, and as he walked into the church, and he was telling the pastor about this, as he walked into the church, he had a very powerful sense and saw the Blessed Sacrament exposed, a very powerful and warm and encouraging sense of a friend. And uh, the priest asked him, well, uh, what happened uh, when you experienced that? Well, I just went in and spent my hour. So the, the spiritual director, who knows that something very important has happened in that moment when he walks into the church, this is a man who is desperate desperate for God's help, needing God's presence in his life, and it's poured out upon him in that moment when he enters the church. But he himself doesn't fully understand what just happened there. 
the spiritual director asks him questions to get him to speak more about this, and he begins to realize that the Lord was really answering my prayer, letting me know that he's my friend, that he's with me, he's not abandoning me, he'll see us through. So that that kind of, um, maybe that's one snapshot of something that can happen in spiritual direction. Again, talking with Father Timothy Gallagher here today on The Inner Life, and our phone number, if you'd like to join the program, is 888-914-9149. Talking about spiritual direction, and when have you sought out spiritual direction in your life, and how did it help you to deepen your relationship with God, maybe to have a better understanding of how God was working in your life, how he was leading and guiding you? Uh, Maybe you've never been to spiritual direction, and you don't know where to start, where to even find a spiritual director, or you have some questions about the process, you are welcome to call in and speak with Father Gallagher, 888-914-9149. Father, you know, another thing that might be good to talk about here, too, is the sacrament of confession. And, you know, depending on the priest that we go to, we might receive different insights or suggestions for dealing with, you know, some different areas in our life or advice on how to avoid falling into a same sin, you know, a recurring sin in the future. Um, and there's going to be some probably natural times that that little kind of mini segment of spiritual direction can happen there within the sacrament of confession. You know, they can cross over into the same realm, but how should we understand the difference between that small bit of advice that's received in the confessional and then the conversation and the 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 advice and insight and guidance you're receiving in spiritual direction? I'd say it's a question of degree, because in the sacrament of confession, the uh, immediate and central purpose of the sacrament of confession is absolution and forgiveness and freedom from sin. But for many people, that is the place where when you find, as you said, a confessor who is willing, even if only briefly, to say just two, three, five sentences of um, advice about the spiritual life. For many people, that may be the place where they find this kind of spiritual guidance. And you know, Josh, I I have the sense that uh, the sacrament of reconciliation is an underused richness because, uh, you know, we, we all know of the question, the difficulty of finding a spiritual director, but everybody can find a confessor. That's available to everyone. And the ideal there would be, if you find a confessor who is the kind of priest that you just described, who, if only briefly, is willing to listen to what you share about your spiritual life and give a little bit of advice about it, and you're going to confession regularly, that's a beautiful thing because you're not alone you do receive a certain amount of spiritual direction there. The difference is that uh, when you meet formally with a spiritual director, normally in, in, in normal times in a person's life, you'd meet roughly uh, monthly, and you'd have about an hour for that conversation once a month. And obviously there's more time there, and um, the, priest gets to, the priest or the spiritual director gets to know you. And that relationship uh, just becomes richer, you know, as you go along. So there's more space for real spiritual direction there. But as they say, everybody, the sacrament of confession is available to all of us. And that's a wonderful resource. 
Again, our phone number here, if you'd like to join the program, 888-914-9149. As we talk with Father Timothy Gallagher here on The Inner Life, you can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And coming up next, we're going to talk about how to find a spiritual director. That's one of the biggest questions we receive here, most frequent questions we get uh, here at The Inner Life. And so we'll give you some different options, different possible avenues where you can find that spiritual director coming up next here on The Inner Life. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and today... Our spiritual director is Father Timothy Gallagher. He's a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He currently holds the St. Ignatius Chair for Spiritual Formation at St. John Vianney Theological Seminary in Denver. He has written numerous books on discernment, spiritual direction, and prayer. And uh, one that I would recommend is called The Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living. And you're welcome to call in and join the program today as we talk about spiritual direction. And the phone number here, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, as we're talking about so many different aspects here, of spiritual direction, as I mentioned right before the break, the biggest question, the most frequent question we get when it comes to spiritual direction, how do I find a spiritual director? And, you know, there, there's always limited time for priests. And I know I've approached a couple of different priests in the past, said, hey, would that be something where you'd have time? Most of the time, I've gotten a no. <laughs> I, I just don't have the time. Uh, there's also, I've, I've even had a priest who said, I just don't think that is necessarily my charism. That's not something, you know, where I would be the right person to help you. So how do you know if it is the right person, and where do you seek out that right help at, for a spiritual director? Yeah, that's a, a great question. So I think the first thing to do is to cast a wide net you live in a, a city or an area, and, uh, you know, just as you live the life of the Church, you're experiencing, uh, we'll start with priests, you know, certain priests as they preach, or as you go to confession to them, uh, and you make it a sense, you know, this seems like a priest that I might be able to talk to. You can, But as I say, you can cast a wider net than that. You know, you can call the chancery and ask, uh, are there any trained spiritual directors among the priests, or amongst religious or lay people in the diocese. One thing that I'll mention is the uh, Institute for Priestly Formation trains a great number of diocesan priests as spiritual directors, and it's an excellent program. One question a person could raise then is to call the chancery and ask, are there any priests trained as directors through the Institute for Priestly Formation within our diocese? They're going to be good men, they're going to be faithful to the Church, and they're well-trained in spiritual direction. But you may also have a retreat house in your area within reasonable driving distance, or a monastery, or different communities of uh, religious, 
And uh, also talk to people whose judgment you trust. You know, do you know of any uh, good spiritual directors in the area? Out of all of that, you'll get a sense, well, this person seems like um, a possibility. Let's say it's a priest. Now, my counsel would be not to approach that priest and say, would you be my spiritual director? Uh, You may get the answer that uh, you described, Josh, because priests obviously are busy. But uh, I also want to say this so I don't lose it. Uh, Never be afraid to ask for spiritual spiritual direction. You don't have to take responsibility for the management of that director's time. Let that person do it. And you only give honor to a person when you ask for spiritual direction. And if the person can't do it, he or she will will say that. But don't hesitate to ask. Now, let's say you find um, this priest seems like somebody that I think I might be able to talk to for spiritual direction. Ask to meet with that priest. Don't ask for spiritual direction. Just ask if you can meet with him to discuss some spiritual matters in your life. Most of the time you'll get uh, a yes to that. And uh, you'll sit down at a certain point, and you share the spiritual questions or issues that you have in mind, and you get a feel, is, does this seem like a good fit? Let's, let's assume that it does. If it, if it doesn't, obviously, then you move on to the next person. But uh, if it does seem like a good fit, as you're ending that meeting, again, I would say don't mention spiritual direction. Just say something like this, Father, if I ever needed to meet with you again, would you be open to that? probably you're going to get a yes to that, because by now the priest knows you a bit and sees the seriousness of your engagement in the spiritual life. When the time is right, have that second meeting. And if the second meeting confirms your earlier impression that I really think I could be, I would be helped here, at this point ask for spiritual direction. It's a lot easier for the priest or the spiritual director to answer you at this point And you're more likely to get a yes, because by now you're someone that the director knows and the director has experienced um, just how serious, as I say, you are about your spiritual life and senses that this would be really something that would be valuable and uh, will be more willing to offer it. If you get a no, don't give up. You know, we have a promise from the Lord Jesus, seeking you will find, asking you will receive. And that's real. Uh, The effort itself is that there's grace even in making that effort. So I'd say don't give up quickly or easily if the first or even the second person you approach is not available. Uh, Stay with it. Uh, it, You're asking for one of the greatest blessings that we can find in the spiritual life, and the Lord's grace certainly is there. Uh, Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Josephine who's calling in from Rockford, Illinois. Josephine, glad to have you here on The Inner Life. Thank you for taking my call. It's um, it's very timely because I'm very interested in feeling the um, call of the Lord to start my to start doing some spiritual direction. And I just wanted your thoughts, um, Father Gallagher, on uh, lay women, especially um, as a lay woman doing spiritual direction. I would definitely want to be under the covering of the of the church and have spoken with several of our priests in our diocese about it and. Um, have gotten a lot of positive response, but if you have any advice for lay um, spiritual directors. Yes, that that's uh, really key, and you know, it's getting more and more important as time goes by because the priests are more and more stretched. So one of the blessings of the last decades is the 
birth of many of these programs where lay spiritual directors, obviously religious and priests as well, but uh, lay spiritual directors also, men and women, are trained as spiritual directors. And in fact, I'm speaking from the building that houses one of those programs that is run by my community in Denver. Uh, so what what is necessary is to get formal training as a spiritual director. You would not, a person would not present him or herself as a spiritual director without that, and that's available. Some of the programs are um, situated in a city. You go once a week throughout the academic year for probably three years or more or less. But there are also programs that uh, do intensive sessions for two weeks, maybe in the summer or some other time of the year. And those programs are accessible then uh, independent of independently of geography. So I would re- review the programs that are available, sign up for one of those, and do it seriously and well. And at that point, then, then you can present yourself as a spiritual director, and you'll do an awful lot of good for people. Thanks. I see in our program here, we have two priests who are great directors, but on the staff there are some women directors who are absolutely wonderful. Yeah, good question. Thanks for calling in, Josephine. Uh, we also had Damien who called in, couldn't hold, but had a suggestion of a way to find a spiritual director. He said he found his spiritual director through a retirement home for priests. And uh, I thought, what a great idea, because then there's not maybe the same time commitments that those older priests have, and they are able to. And there's just a longevity of life experience there that they can bring as well. So another great insight. Thanks for that, Damien. Uh, You know, Father, one other question that I think might be a real natural here is— is spiritual direction actually necessary for me? You know, if I'm listening out there and I'm saying, well, I, I just, I don't know if I see this as a need. You're talking about it as a beautiful gift that we can, you know, have here in the church and how we can bring these, you know, these these different spiritual um, moments that we're kind of wrestling with. If I'm not really wrestling with anything right now, if my life seems pretty good and I don't have any big questions about where God is leading. Do I still need to go to spiritual direction? You know, the spiritual life, precisely because it's a life, like our biological or emotional or intellectual life, never stands still. It's always moving, and God is always leading more deeply. So um, can we always benefit from a spiritual director who can help us understand more clearly where the Lord is leading us? Yes. Now, um, is it necessary in the spiritual life to have a director? I would say that if you have the possibility of having a spiritual director and you are serious about growth in your spiritual life, then I can't see any reason why you wouldn't pursue spiritual direction. If a person is not able to find spiritual direction, then that person still needs to be accompanied. This is a sentence from uh, Pope Benedict XVI in one of his Wednesday audience talks. To advance toward the Lord, which is what we all want, we always have need of a guide. So it's said pretty clearly, we cannot do it just with our own reflections. And he goes on to say that finding that guide is part of belonging to the Church. So even if spiritual direction is not possible, We all still need to be accompanied. I mentioned confession as one way we can find that, annual retreats when we get to speak with a retreat director. 
are a great help spiritual friends who get together. They're not trying to be each other's directors, but they're just accompanying each other in the spiritual life. One woman told me that she and her friends, they were all young mothers at this point. Every Saturday morning, they'd get, they'd get together for brunch, and they enjoyed just being together as friends, but they all knew that at a certain point, the conversation would turn to their spiritual lives, and they would just share with each other. And you can see how strengthening that kind of accompaniment is. With uh, Zoom and video uh, conversations, you know, that radius has really amplified groups in the parish. Married couples, husbands and wives, not trying to be each other's spiritual directors, can be friends and and accompany each other in the spiritual life, or mixtures of these various forms. So my, my counsel would be, the more accompanied you are in the way that fits with your life from these various options, the stronger your spiritual life will be. The very first thing, almost the first thing said to the man at the dawn of creation was, it is not good for the man to be alone. And that's dealing, that means more than just marriage. That's every dimension of our life, including our spiritual lives. The more accompanied we are, the stronger we're going to be in our spiritual lives. And given the culture today, that gets more and more important. Uh, Father, down to our last 30 seconds or so here before we're going to wrap up, but if somebody is looking for additional resources, learning more about spiritual direction, um, any of your books that you might recommend or other books or resources? Uh, if you go on Discerning Hearts, which is an app, and also discerninghearts.com, I have about 10 or 12 series of podcasts that'll take you through all kinds of aspects of the spiritual life, discernment, prayer, and a number of things. So that's one resource. On my own website, which is just frtimothygallagher.org, all of my materials are available. Beautiful. Well, Father, as we are at the end of our time here, could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? Heavenly Father, we lift up our hearts in praise and gratitude, and we ask that you pour down your Holy Spirit upon all of us who have taken part in this conversation or will take part in, in it. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Gallagher, for being with us here on The Inner Life today. Look forward to speaking with you again sometime here in the near future. And want to encourage you, if you joined us late, of course, go get the podcast. It'll be posted here shortly at our website, relevantradio.com, or you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. Download it, listen to the entire hour. A lot of good information uh, and advice and counsel from Father Gallagher on the topic of spiritual direction. I want to also encourage you to stay tuned. Of course, Mass starts here in just about 60 seconds on Relevant Radio. Right after that, Cale Clark, he is in the midst of a new series. This week and next week, he's going to look at the Old Covenant controversies, four key issues, evolution, history, violence, and sexuality. What does the Bible say about this? So I would very much encourage you to join Cale Clark on The Faith Explained. That comes up at 1230 Central right after Mass. And I hope you can join us here tomorrow as we're going to be talking about the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Looking forward to that conversation and being able to speak with you again tomorrow here on The Inner Life.